ready. Okay, I'm not, but let's do <laughs> For once, I know exactly what I want to talk about at the beginning of this. Ew. So... Ew. I meant, like, no. I just don't relate, though. Just Ew. start going. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, I was trying to find some content to post on our Facebook recently, yeah. and I found out that there was, like, a weird update in the Madeline McCann case. So... No. In the Madeline McCann case, that's the one that you weren't here for. That's the one I did with Jason. Okay, so do you remember at the end how there's like a suspect? Yes. Like a German suspect? Mm -hmm. So we honestly to this day still don't know what his like level of involvement in that is. Right. It's all speculative still. And even if there is evidence, we don't really know what it is at this point. Mm -hmm. But... He was taken into a courtroom in order to discuss the Madeline McCann case. And I think it was like some kind of hearing. And somebody beat the shit out of him. Good. And now he had to be taken to the hospital with multiple broken ribs. Oh. And it says... I mean, like, good, but not good, you know? German court officials have reportedly declined to comment on the assault, citing an outgoing investigation. According to the Mirror, Brunecker's attorney was heard arguing with prison guards about video footage that may have captured the attack on him. He was treated at an emergency room and reported back for the hearing later on Monday. Isn't that fucking crazy? What if crazy? he, like, wasn't even involved at all? If somebody just beat the shit out of him. He still kind of sounds like a garbage-ass person, but I feel like maybe not quite as deserving as <laughs> of having the shit eaten out of you. But... Unprompted. But if he did have something to do with it, then fucking good. Yeah, if not, then, no. Sorry. Yeah, so I thought that was fucking crazy. But want to know something whack? Absolutely. This is our 15th episode. 15? 15. I always get so confused because we did two on the first day. I know, you say that every single time. I know, time. but so I'm always like, is this like the 15th week? Or like 15th, so technically 14th, but we did two. But we lost it. Yeah, we did. The yeah. actual first episode is so, missing. Which is sad. So is this like 15th published? It was bad though. That's, Yeah. But yeah, this will be the fifteenth published episode on our Spotify. That's so exciting! It feels like a like both a small and a big number. Like, it really does because it's a lot of times to sit down and do this, mm-hmm. but also like, and I feel like we've been doing it forever. Like, it, it feels does like it's feel just like, like part of like our routine now. Every week we see this. And it we... feels weird because it sounds like the dumbest shit ever, but it feels like it's been so long, but not at all. Yeah. It feels like we just started this, but also it also feels like we've been doing it for a year. Yeah. Imagine it's how crazy. we'll feel we like have done it for a year. Not if, when. I'm gonna be so excited when we hit all these like milestones, like fifty episodes, a hundred episodes. Because I, I feel like over time <laughs> I feel like that We have a really bad habit of doing that. I, I don't know if we've addressed it in the podcast yet, but every time we like sit down to discuss anything it's, All that comes out of our mouths is... Well, I think that... Like, and then um, I heard... Well, I feel like... <laughs> that's really cool that you said that, Celia, but I feel like... And I, the worst part is when we have other people with us, which, like, our podcast is, like, forever having people with us while we record. Right. And it's terrible because people comment on it. And they give us looks. Like, when we have conversations like that with my sister, she's like... She'll sit and, like, laugh. And we're like, well, what's funny? And she's like, because no, nothing. Like, you guys just are annoying <laughs> you over talk each other and then yeah, yeah it's good well, it's we'll just so hard now, but... not to we have so much to share okay anyways going back 15 right. episodes i'm stoked because we are like other people may disagree i feel like i don't want to say this now but i feel <laughs> like we're getting better okay we 
You never said good. Yeah, exactly. You did say better. I feel like we are getting marginally better with Remember this. Remember our very first episode we recorded and I didn't say anything? Oh, yeah. You, I didn't even come prepared with a case at all. And you just told us some stories and we talked generally about some stories. We didn't have like a plan of what no, we were going to do. No, not at all. And I was just like, right. Right. It was like... Cool. Right. And the I whole time. I don't mean to talk shit at all because to each their own with how they run their podcast, but it reminds me of um, Crime Junkie where Brit like doesn't say anything. Oh, right. Because like... She's oh like... Just God, just the... again. Oh, right. Oh, right. Because like Ashley does a phenomenal job and I'm not mm-hmm. saying Brit doesn't, but like it'll be her talking and then all of a sudden you'll randomly just hear... Oh. Yeah, and, like, and it's like the most soft spoken. She'll be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." I still love Crime Junkie. Don't get me wrong. Oh god, but me I too. Think it's, I think it's funny. It is funny, but that's like we talked about when we were doing our podcast that like we didn't want to be anything like that in terms of like we want to be our own thing, really. Yeah, we want to be our own thing, and we definitely like people, and even Jason, like my boyfriend. Sometimes he's like. You know, you guys got to make sure that you, like, follow, like, a timeline and stuff. And I'm like, no. First of all, if people wanted to hear it in, like, some condensed version, article-based... Wikipedia. Just reads of Wikipedia. That's what we're doing. Yeah, right. Literally, half the time, I find the Wikipedia article to start out with. And then I, like, watch other things about it, like, interviews and stuff, and then just throw in some little... Some spices. Spices. Some oregano. Some oregano. Yeah, I I literally just try. I try to put my own spin on it. But the last thing that I want to do is sit here and quietly and seriously read stories. I just don't want to do it that way. And so if that's what you're looking for. Sorry. 15 episodes in, if you're still listening with us or if you're just now coming to the the party. Do you think 16 is going to be the one where we finally introduce ourselves (laughs) Maybe we should do like a 20th. Maybe we'll do like a or Christmas. Have we already done that? We should do a Christmas. We haven't actually ever like introduced who we are, have we? No, I don't think so. I do. Every put... time we've tried, I think we've scrapped it because it sounded stupid. It does sound stupid. It feels like one of those like beginning of class. Oh, where they're like. Say your name, your hobby, and something that starts with the same letter as your first name. I fucking hated one. I used to get so nervous. Same. Uh, yeah, no. I don't like that. It makes me feel cringy. We did attempt to do it on, I think, our 13th episode or some shit, and we literally deleted all of it. Um, let's make a plan. Christmas episode. That's what you get. That is gonna be... But I will say that in our, like, biography... Not our biographies. (laughs) Maybe I'll put something, like, on our... Uh, Facebook or something? Okay, anyway. I almost said biopsy. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Um, oh, no, what's that? What's it called? The description box. Yeah, like the about me. Oh, the biopsy. The biopsy. Um, no, I really had something important to say, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, in the box you're going to put. No, no, no. Okay, so in our episodes, in our episodes, yes. I put who's telling which story. Right. So at least people, if they really wanted to, can tell which person is speaking. I don't think I've ever read a description box of anything I've ever listened to. Yeah. But maybe other people do. That's why they're there. <laughs> that sounded so sad. Yeah. Yeah, well, one day we'll do it. I want to just pre-record it so that it's done. Like an intro? Yeah, like maybe an intro or something. But that sounds so cringy. I know, because I feel like the beginning is where I really get my groove going. So if I have it already gone, like started by a previous me... Then it's like, well, then I have to start fresh, not at the very beginning. Does that make sense at Mm -hmm. all? I'm tracking. Is anyone else? Probably not, but I got you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I feel like one day we'll get there. Today is not the day. Every time I even think about it, I get, like, queasy. Hi, I'm Jenna. This is Celia. This is Between the Crimes. Celia, what's your case go? Yeah, I feel like... (laughs) That's how I feel like. It has to go in order for me not to barf. We're still not good at being, like... I don't think we'll ever be good. I was going to say graceful. Um, We're not graceful in any way. And we're not the most... um, we don't speak the most eloquently. A lot of like motherfuckers and like fuck that and Jesus Christ's come you out see, of my mouth. For me, it's a lot of, uh, so, um, and then, um, so then they went there and it was bad. People don't realize how hard making a damn podcast is. I didn't know what to expect, really. Neither. Uh, you just kind of dragged me along for that first episode. I know, I like, like literally like, made huh. you. I know, I really didn't want to do it. I was like, Jenna, we're doing it. I was like, I don't even want... I don't, why, why would I podcast? That's a little silly. bit you did, but then no, when I it did, got real, but... then it got scary. Yeah. It's not as bad anymore. I feel, like, more natural. Like, in terms of, like, I don't get nervous for it or anything. No, I don't get nervous. I just get... F- I never feel like I'm as ready as I want to be with my actual information. Yeah. I don't think I've ever felt... The only case I ever felt confident about was the stainer. The... Two mm. brothers, who one of them ended up being a serial killer. That was a good one. That case, I think it was episode 10 or something. That was the only case I ever felt confident about. And it's just because it was so fucking crazy that, like, I couldn't stop reading it. Yeah. Everything else up until that point and after. I felt fairly confident about the last one. Oh, that's good. That's just because that one. Yeah, episode 14 was upsetting. It meant something in my brain. Like, I had to say it. I'm gonna... But it's gonna get, like, the worst reviews because it's gonna be disgusting and everyone's gonna hate it. Well, I did put, like, warnings on it. So hopefully people will read those. But like you said, people don't read. (laughs) Hey, I said I don't read. (laughs) Okay, well, this week maybe people will feel better because my case is, like... I'm so excited. It's not a happy case, but it's, like... Everybody, what do I even say? Most people love this person, and if you don't, then I don't know what's wrong with you, but whatever. (laughs) That's all I do. So I wanted to talk about people might not like this in the sense that it's not really true crime, in my opinion. But I like to have it be a little different once in a while. Yeah. I don't want it always to be like, girlfriend got murdered by boyfriend. Yeah. Like. And it is technically a crime in sense of somebody was technically charged by the end of this but I wanted to do my case today about Princess Diana which is a bit more of like a conspiracy theme that I'm going for here that is a-okay with me because it's just fun to talk about it is and I fucking love Princess Diana and people feel very one way or the other a lot of times about her because she was not perfect and she made a lot of mistakes in her life, but Don't we all welcome to my everyday existence, yeah. you know. So, Princess Diana is one of my favorite people to talk about ever, and like I said, it's really not a traditional true crime cases, but I want to talk about conspiracy theories, and I wanted to share like why would we entertain conspiracy theories on this podcast, and that's because I think they're fucking interesting. Would everyone else be okay? Like, I mean, we're doing this for whatever we want, but. Not 
that your guys' like opinion don't matter. Like so I wanna right, know right, like right. are you guys gonna find it interesting? That's how I feel too. And I genuinely think that you can entertain conspiracy theories without making it feel like you actually believe them. Mm-hmm. In terms of all of these conspiracy theories that we'll talk about, I think they're all interesting and there's a little bit of like oh, what if that did happen? But I don't genuinely believe that any of this is what really happened. And there are a lot of agencies that have researched these conspiracy theories and said absolutely not. They did not happen. I'm actually really excited because um, my mom would always talk about Princess Diana and how amazing she was and how sad it is, like, what happened to her. Yeah. And I always, like... It's weird to say because, like, I know the feeling... And respect surrounding her. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know all of these theories. You're going to love this So I'm excited. Hell yeah. Also, I always just liked her because my mom's name's Diana. Oh, that's so so cute. It's Princess Diana. That's so good. Dude, Princess Diana was a fucking powerhouse, inspirational fucking woman. Okay. So I want to share... I tried to find some facts, like, about her that I think maybe people don't always know. But she's just such a, like icon in like British society that I know a lot of people know a lot about her and there's a lot of documentaries and she was there's literally out there. the media's obsession for literally a decade yeah. so it's kind of hard to like contribute anything that people don't know but I did my best <laughs> so Diana was born on July 1st in 1961 she was born to Edward John Spencer and Francis Ruth Burke Roche So her parents divorced when she was young, and her dad is the one who won custody of the kids. And I want to say Diana had a brother and one or two sisters as well. And so I think Diana was the youngest, but her brother might have actually been younger than her. I'm not sure, but she's kind of in the middle there. Mm -hmm. Um, And she had two older sisters. So from... A lot of my information for this came from a documentary that I watched on Netflix. I've seen a ton of documentaries on Princess Diana. Um, This one was interesting, though, because it was written and created using legitimate recordings from her. And we'll kind of go into where those came from. But it makes you feel a little bit better when you get to hear, like, firsthand accounts. Because then you don't feel like it's like, well, they said that she felt this way. Like, no, this is her legitimately saying that... This, this is, is what she thought. This is what she felt. Yes. So Diana herself says that when she thinks back about her childhood, that she just remembers being extremely unhappy. Mm. That she didn't feel like it was a bunch of positive memories. That she just remembers being upset. She remembers her parents fighting a lot. And she just has vivid memories of her mom crying all the time. Aww. So that's kind of what led up to her parents divorcing. And it kind of seems like when they divorced... And, you know, back in the um, the 60s, 70s, 80s, even up through the 90s, in, like, this type of society, when it comes to, like, noblemen, noblewomen, royalty, and things like that, um, getting divorced is not acceptable. Right. It's very much frowned upon. And if you're a devout Catholic or devoutly religious, you're not really allowed to marry somebody who's been divorced. Which makes divorcing even more scary because, like, the chances of you remarrying could be difficult. So, once she divorced, her mom divorced the dad, it kind of seems like her mom kind of went off the deep end a little bit. Nothing crazy, but, like, she wanted out and she wanted to be done. And Diana felt incredibly abandoned by her mom, which was made worse by the fact her dad won custody 
And her parents were not cool with each other after the divorce. Her dad and mom wanted nothing to do with each other. So when the dad won custody, like, the mom didn't really see the kids as often. That's so sad. Yeah, which, you know, can have a really profound effect on a developing child, especially a young woman. And Diana was already a pretty sensitive girl. Relatable. Yeah. And so it's tough, like... But from an early age, everybody could tell that Diana loved children, and throughout her teenage years and into college, she decided to become, like, a teaching assistant to eventually become a teacher. So there are a lot of accounts, including Diana's herself, um, that she really struggled emotionally after her mom left, um, and that she perceived it as an abandonment of the family. Um, she was really a shy young girl. She hated birthday parties and she didn't want to go to gatherings. She just kind of wanted to be left alone. Yeah, it is kind of sad. Um, she said that she felt like the family itself didn't have any real stability. Um, and that was not a place where you talk about your feelings at all, which is just fucking sad. Yeah. It's like, just makes you want to give her a big hug. Yeah. So, it's November 1977. Princess Diana is 16 years old. This is when Charles visits Diana's hometown for the first time. So, Diana said that her older sister, Sarah, was all over him. Which is like, he's the Prince of Wales and he's visiting their town. Everybody's going to be all over him. But Diana was born into, like, moderate royalty. Um... Their dad is, like, a nobleman of sorts, and so she's, like, sort of relatable to the prince, um, to the point where, like, she'd be able to, like, go up and talk to him and stuff like that. And her sister actually became pretty close with him, and actually her sister is the one who dated him first, her older sister. Um, And Diana says that she remembers, like, seeing her sister all over, Charles, all the time. And she said, I just kept out of the way. I remember being fat, podgy, non-makeup, an unsmart lady, but I made a lot of noise and I think that he liked that. So you can kind of tell like early on, like the way she feels about herself, the way her upbringing is. It sounds like a recipe for somebody with mental illness, Mm -hmm. honestly, you know, like this level of abandonment. She's already giving these indications of being insecure, feeling like she's ugly, feeling like she's not worthy. And she's 16, so something fucking gross that I don't think people realize is when all of this started, this whole fucking saga of this, like, couple, Diana was 16 years old and Charles was 29. Yeah. Okay. He was about to be 30 years old when he met her, and she was a teenage girl. She was a child. And they didn't immediately start dating but they did kind of see each other off and on for about two years but it was mostly kind of felt like diana tagging along with sarah a little Mm. bit but over the course of that two-year period is where charles started to become more interested in diana instead of sarah um and it doesn't really seem like in anything that i read that like sarah took offense to that it it's just kind of the way that it happened so During this time, the media is already picking up on the fact that Charles seems to be courting Diana and that there is this, like, feeling in the air that they're dating or at least going to start dating. And Diana's, like, a beautiful young girl and Charles has kind of been a bit, in some regards, like, maybe promiscuous isn't the right word because I think that it's normal to be that way in your young adulthood. Mm -hmm. But he has dated. He is now reaching, like, 
adulthood, real adulthood, 30s adulthood. And it's the crown, the crown being the royal family, is like, it's time to settle down. And because Prince Charles is the next heir to the British throne, it's incredibly important in terms of the royal family for him to have children. And, you know, he's in his 30s. Like, there's a lot of factors that he's feeling pressured to find a significant other. So the journalists and the photographers and the paparazzi are, like, thrilled because they want to break the story that he's going to get married. Mm -hmm. They want to know everything about her. And the entire population of the United Kingdom want to know everything. Can you imagine that pressure? Mm Mm-hmm. The pressure on Prince Charles, the pressure on Diana. I was thinking more Diana, like... I can't I imagine. And they like if you watch videos of her, they just bombard her and ask her the most inappropriate questions. Like, really? Mm-hmm. So the journalists are already picking up on all of this, um, and they're like referring to her as sweet and kind and nice and shy, which I guess on some level is true. But then they keep using these comments, and to me, it feels abusive. Like. Not maybe deliberate abuse, but maybe a bit deliberate on the side of, like, the crown. Mm -hmm. To even have been pushing for this relationship from the get-go just because of how young she was and how naive. And they keep saying things in the news, like, how she's ideal for Prince Charles. And doesn't that just sound gross? Like... I ain't ideal for anyone. Like, I'm me. I will do... What I want. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like she was picked out Mm. a little bit. And like he was gently pushed towards this family in the first place. So the media is even quoted as saying, it's useful that she's so young because of childbearing. Ew. Yeah. So fucking gross. not a woman's only purpose, just FYI. Yeah. But in terms of like British royalty, I get this feeling that it kind of comes off like that's what they find the most important, which is really upsetting. So about this time is where Diana starts realizing that there is another woman in the picture. And this is a woman who's brought up very often in this story, and her name is Camilla. So Diana and Prince Charles are dating at this point pretty officially, but because of the way religion works in this area and during this time period and in British royalty, it's incredibly important that Diana is a virgin because they, the royal family is considered the head of the Catholic Church. They are appointed by God, which is why they're royalty. And so for a member of the royal family to marry somebody that is impure impure is unacceptable. So Charles had been dating a woman named Camilla Parker, and the crown did not see her as an adequate, suitable match because she had had past boyfriends. And if you have past boyfriends, they're assuming that you've slept with them. And so it feels like, and if anybody has ever seen Netflix's show called The Crown, I know that a lot of this is dramatization and probably not accurate, but in The Crown, they make a point where they basically give the backstory of Prince Charles and Camilla, which we have no real way of knowing if it's true. But in the show, it's kind of like this idea of like, they felt like she wasn't a suitable 
partner. And so they pushed him away from her and they made it difficult for him to be with her until he got old enough. And that's when they pushed him towards Diana. Like, this is the right choice. This is who you need to marry. And it's kind of this attitude of like, if you want to fuck around on the side, then that's great. But the person you settle down with better be who we deem as pure. And it's really upsetting. I don't like that. It's not good. And no, obviously nobody outright says this. And with them being the head of the Catholic Church, right. I'm sure they're not ever going to condone that level of behavior outwardly. But it's if, the attitude that you get. Yes. And it's just kind of the attitude in a lot of scenarios in relationships in general, like mm-hmm. especially religious families and stuff. It's like you put on a face and you Mm -hmm. stick to that you don't you know what I mean yeah so Diana found it strange like she actually was kind of close with Camilla at first because Camilla was a part of Charles's life but Charles made it seem like they were just friends not knowing that about a decade before they had been seriously dating Mm -hmm. and Diana found it really odd that in their adult friendship between the three of them, that Camilla seemed to know everything about Charles and everything about their relationship. Like, she Mm -hmm. would tell Diana, oh, you're not going to want to say it like that to him because he's not going to like that. And she remembers thinking, like, why do you fucking know that? Like, and why do you know so much about me? Like, she'd be like, so how did your date the other night go? You know, just, like, weird shit. And Why are you so involved? mm -hmm. And then she eventually learned that they were exes. And Diana, being an insecure, nervous, young, naive girl, she was extremely threatened by Camilla, as rightly so, I would be too. So it's 1981. Charles finally proposes to Diana at Windsor Castle. She says that she remembers the entire thing and thinking that, like, this wasn't real, like, this was a joke. And, like, she says that she remembers, like, looking at him being like, are you serious? And he was like, "Uh Uh uh-huh. And so... At this point, the press literally fucking explodes. Like, this is breaking news. They put cameras in windows. They stalk her. They climb onto her car. They scale 30 feet walls to get to her. They harass her family. They question her roommates. They literally do anything possible to get... Is he Princess Diary vibes? Seriously, (laughs) any picture that any comment if they can even try to egg her on to get her to say something mean so that they can give this idea oh see she's not so nice she's not so perfect so they would kind of like borderline harass her verbally just to push her to see if they could break her because imagine they want the headline a different side of diana you know what i mean and so she's struggling with this she doesn't come from real royalty to this magnitude Mm -hmm. and this level of like media obsession is nothing like she's ever seen and she really struggled with it because she's really insecure as it is Mm -hmm. so after the wedding announcement and all the events that followed and all of the publicity and the speeches and she finally goes back to her apartment and she finds a letter on her bed from camilla congratulating her and asking her to have lunch so they go to lunch and they talk and Camilla's being weirdly nice to her and it's all supposedly fine and then a little bit more down the line someone who works in Prince Charles's office says that they think that she should know that he's having a bracelet made specially for Camilla and she remembers thinking unsettled by that but didn't want to like 
give in to it. And then a package arrived or she found a package in his office. And one of the guards was like, you shouldn't open that. And she was like, well, it's my house. I can open it if I want to. And it was the bracelet Mm. made for Camilla. And so she says that she confronted Charles about it. And they had a big fight about it like they always did about Camilla. And it just ended with him basically kind of saying, get over it. She's my friend and I can do whatever I want. And just because you're insecure doesn't mean I can't talk to her. Which just pushed Diana even further into something's going on. Like, right. So shortly after the engagement is where Diana says herself that her bulimia started. And she struggled really, really badly with bulimia and other mental health related issues. And she's quoted as saying like, you know, the public wanted me to be a fairy princess. And like, she was just trying to, to uphold that. But in private, with having to put on this fake face, like everything would always come crashing down in private. And nobody got to see that. Nobody understood that. So every little mistake that she made in public was then she would go into her room and be alone. And Prince Charles is like a public figure because he's a prince. Mm -hmm. So he's always going to meetings and talking to people and going to events. And if she doesn't go with him and then she's by herself, she's by herself in a big fucking castle, you know? And this one's awful. I'm not gonna lie. It's legitimately awful. And so about Camilla, Diana says, I was desperately trying to be mature about the situation, but I just didn't have the foundation to do it. She's 19 years old at this point. Like, she's 19 years old. And if she's 19, then that means he's, what, 32 years old. He's known Camilla. She's playing older than she should be. Exactly. And also, like... She's threatened because he's known Camilla for so long. There's so much that she doesn't know. There's so much that she could never find out because of the means that he has. So now comes the time of their wedding. It's July 29th. I don't know the year. I think it's like 83 or 82 or something. But they have the big Westminster Abbey wedding. It's fucking like majorly blown out of proportion but it's a royal wedding and it's literally called the wedding of a century there's millions literally millions of people just standing on the street blocks away just hoping that maybe they'll get to see her and there's like all over the rooftops there's paparazzi there's news anchors there's people trying to get any little tiny picture of her that they can get and the worst part in my opinion is that her family is like thriving on this because they have money now they're famous now their daughter is marrying the most important fucking person in europe considered in a lot of regards Mm -hmm. this is like one of the most important weddings you know So she said that the night before the wedding, she had a bout of binge eating. um, And she said that all she could think was that she felt like she was a lamb going to the slaughter. Like, that she was being sacrificed to the media. Like, she felt like she was being sacrificed so that the royal family could have the wedding that they wanted with the type of girl that they wanted so that they could make Prince Charles look the way that they wanted and that nobody was regarding anything that she was feeling. And a lot of people said, like, why didn't you back out? And she was like, there's no backing out of something like this. There's no backing out. There's just not. 
Like when I had made the decision to start dating Prince Charles two years ago, I made the decision and it was, a, it was done at that point. It was a done deal. So yeah, so they get married and over the course of their relationship, it dissolves pretty quickly. This yeah. isn't really, Diana loved Charles, like truly in her soul loved him. And there are all these interviews that I've seen of their engagement of like them asking about how they're doing and stuff. And they would make these comments and then the journalist would be like, and you guys are also in love, right? And Diana would be like, yeah, of course. And Prince Charles would say, well, whatever love means. Oh. And I've seen him say that on three different occasions. And so it's that's like, gotta make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And so you have to think going into a relationship, that's the attitude that cool. Yeah. And Diana can sense this. And so being the type of person she is, she's already got this fear of abandonment. She's insecure. She's scared. She's probably mentally ill. She's bulimic. She's not getting enough food. She probably doesn't sleep enough. She does nothing but have to fit in tight dresses, go to events, put on this fake face. And so in their private life, they're fighting all the time. She's dramatic. Like he'll say, I don't want to fight with you anymore. I'm just going to go riding. And she would cut herself and she would throw fits and she would scream and cry. She would say she's going to kill herself because she was crying for help Mm -hmm. to somebody who really probably wasn't going to give it to her. And he didn't want to feed into it. So he would borderline ignore it, which was really just making it worse because it was giving her this idea of like, how crazy do I have to be for you to listen? And it like, you can just tell like, fucking unhealthy, unhealthy relationship between two very wealthy, very prominent public figures. So this whole time, Diana's growing more and more obsessed with the Camilla situation on top of all of it. And rightfully so, because he is sneaking around with Camilla. It's not made up. It's not like a figment. It's like an actual thing. Yeah, it's real. So they get married and on their honeymoon, he's got brand new cufflinks on his shirt. They're two C's. It's for Camilla bought them for him and he wore them on his honeymoon. And Diana literally said, I confronted him obviously. And was like, really? Really? And he got mad at her and was like, she's just a friend. And if she buys me something, I can wear it. And she's like, it's your honeymoon and it's your ex-girlfriend. It's like, that's not okay. mm Mm-hmm. So... Toxic, toxic relationship. And it's between the both of them. It's not just him and it's not just her. The behavior that even that she's exhibiting is manipulative and it's it's a cry for help, but it's challenging to deal with also. So all of this is going on and it's within six to 12 months of the engagement and the marriage. And this is already deteriorating to this level. And then she gets pregnant. So she finally gets pregnant, which is what the royal family always wanted. Mm-hmm. It's only three months after they got married. Jeez. And she has awful, awful morning sickness. Like, she's sick the entire pregnancy with William. Oh, no. And she says that this is where she feels like the royal family started to not like her. And she said that nobody in the royal family had ever been sick when they were pregnant. And they acted like they didn't know what to do with her. Like, that why, why does Diana have to be so different? Why does she have to be like this? We never had to bring doctors for this. The queen was never sick when she was pregnant. And all of these other people in the royal family, they were never sick. 
And it's just this feeling of like, Diana gives this account, and granted a lot of this documentary is all Diana's thoughts and opinions on what happened. It's only one side of the story. But it's just hard to like listen to and to imagine that really being your life. And even if it's maybe blown out of proportion, it's the way that she interpreted it, Mm -hmm. you know? So she said that this is where things get even worse. Her and Charles have this huge fight. This is where he says like, I'm going to just go. I don't want to be around you right now. So she's pregnant and she throws herself down the stairs (gasps) deliberately. And it's just... I didn't know that Yeah, She's fucking through... And she says, like, she did it on purpose. And she's like, I know that it wasn't good. Yes, I knew I was pregnant. I wanted help. I was begging anybody that would listen to me to help me. And all he would ever say was, I'm going to go. I don't want to do this with you right now. Don't want to be around you. That's so frustrating. Like, my, I get so angry when I'm in a fight with somebody and they just walk away. Yeah. I'm like, that's like... Makes you crazy. It's the the worst thing that you can do if you're fighting with me is to literally, like, walk away. And I understand some people need to walk away to, like, calm down, whatever. But, but it's it makes just so hard. it feel like... I don't matter. Yeah, like, it's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, like, guess this isn't important to you. And I think that that's exactly what she was feeling. And so the argument that I'm making is not that she was healthy or that she was great to be with either or that it wasn't hard for Prince Charles. It's just she wasn't exactly set up for success in terms of her childhood, in terms of this entire fucking relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly like, let's just try to give her the benefit of the doubt here and say that, does it make sense that she acted this way? I think that it does. Is it okay? No. No. Was it right? No. But does it make sense based on the situation? Yeah, I think it kind of does. So the royal family is starting to pick up on the marital distress. And really? it doesn't look good for them. It doesn't look good in the media. And eventually Prince Charles and Diana like physically separate. He goes to uh, Scotland and she stays in London or something like that. And... The royal family is like, you guys really need to be seen together because there are rumors that you're going to get divorced. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't want to be around him. Sure. Cool. So, like, the royal family tries to get them, like, counseling and tries to, like, intervene. And you have to understand, it's like, you're having a private situation with your husband. trying to tell you how it should go. The media, the whole world, your family. family. And it's, of course, it's his family. And I'm sure her family is like, oh, yeah, you've got to stay with him. Like, mm-hmm. he's a fucking Prince of Wales. Like, so as the marriage goes on, um, it just deteriorate, deteriorates further and further. Diana starts doing secret interviews with a journalist where she tells everything. Oh. She talks about her bulimia, her relationship with Prince Charles, the things he says and does. Um, and she discusses the frustrations that she has with the media She tells the journalist that she feels like she was used by the crown, that she was the safe option for Charles, that it wasn't fair to her, that she's not happy, and that they treated her like a sacrificial lamb, like she talked about. Um, And so the book gets released, but the journalist, the only reason she agreed to do it is because he wouldn't say that it was her. Mm -hmm. He would say sources close to Diana have told me sources close to her have said that she said this and said that she said this so that the blame couldn't be put on her it would just be put on like the fact that maybe the royal family doesn't have good enough security or whatever Mm -hmm. 
So they're separated at this point. The media is doing everything possible to take pictures of her, get as much information on her. Every single step of their marriage falling apart is being blasted all over the media. And then the book gets released. And it's basically considered one of the most prevalent book releases on the face of the planet because it was just this tell-all about the realities of the royal family and whether it was true or not, people wanted to believe it. Because they want to look at these famous people and be like, nah, fuck you guys. Like, you guys are just as twisted as every other family. You think that you're better than us, but you're not. Mm -hmm. And here you've got this princess saying, yep, y'all are right. They're not any better. Yeah. And the royal family is fucking pissed. They literally yeah. made these comments of like, we have no desire to even look at it. We have no desire to read it. Don't give a shit about what's inside of it. And then they get pissed because the book paints Prince Charles to look like a fucking asshole. Yeah. And Camilla, too. Um, so it's important to know that like, at this point in their physical separation, Prince Charles is having an active affair with Camilla, which had probably been going on the entire time. Diana's now having affairs too because she's like, fuck you. They're still legally married. They're supposed to be the heads of the Catholic Church. And it just doesn't look fucking good. And the crown is not happy. And anytime anybody can get a picture of Diana with somebody else, it's all over the news. It's literally worldwide headlines princess diana has another lover princess diana having an affair with her bodyguard which really did happen and it just doesn't look good for anybody and the people who are the most upset is the royal family yeah Yeah, so the book gets released that they wish they let him marry camilla now seriously so it kind of makes sense that she would be so obsessed with the media and Camilla, I mean, this was her entire life being broadcast all over the world, 24 hours a day. So while all this is going on, Diana's trying to fill her spare time with humanitarian efforts. So she makes a lot of visits to AIDS centers where it was worldwide news because back then in the 80s and 90s, people didn't understand how AIDS spread. They thought that it was being spread by contact. And even when it was released that that's not how it spreads, it spreads through sexual activity, Mm -hmm. people still felt like anybody who had contracted AIDS was dirty. And so in AIDS hospitals, they didn't have physical contact. They weren't allowed to hug people. They weren't allowed to touch people's hands because they were considered dirty. And it made them feel fucking awful. Like being- Can you imagine? Yeah. Contracting AIDS was like- a humiliating experience. So when Princess Diana goes to visit aid centers, she doesn't wear gloves. She hugs them. She holds their hands. She stands right next to them, as she should. And it makes the crown pissed because she's doing these things. She's not supposed to be a public figure. She's not supposed to be having personal opinions. And that's incredibly important for the royal family because the royal family is what's called a constitutional monarchy. It means that the monarchy is allowed to continue existing even though they've effectively been overthrown because the people of the United Kingdom and the government believe that the royal family is important and that they're an important symbol and that the average citizen in the United Kingdom loves the royal family, wants to know about them, and it's like a fairy tale in real life. Right. But the only reason they're allowed to exist is because they're not involved in politics. 
And the second that the crown starts getting involved in politics, they're kind of breaking the, the rules. rules of the constitution. They're not allowed to. So when Diana does all this humanitarian efforts, she's taking her title, Princess of Wales, and she's using it in a borderline political way, and it pisses them off even further. So basically everything this girl does pisses, pisses off. Pisses them off. Mm-hmm. So she would go and visit the homeless people, and she would hug them. They would be, like, naked, not wearing clothes, mentally ill, and she would hug them, and she would take pictures with them, and she just genuinely did that because she was a good person, and she didn't care. Um, then she made a huge effort in Angola um, because they were having issues with landmines, and it was hurting people. Right. And so she went and spoke out about landmines, and the crown was not happy like it was just boiling and boiling and boiling so finally princess diana is awarded a humanitarian award and they bring her to new york city to give it to her and she gives a speech and everybody's supposed to be proud of her and it's supposed to be this great thing because she's a wonderful humanitarian and she's helping people and later that same month the queen says i think it's time for you to divorce charles so yeah sounds good bye And the thing that upsets me so much about this is, like, she shouldn't have even been in this situation in the first place. They're the ones, the royal family are the ones who put her in this position. And now they're mad. And now they're upset with her because she's not um, mindless. She's not just going to obey and do what she's supposed to do. Good. She says, fuck this. I don't feel good about it. And I can do whatever I want. And you can get Ben. Like, so... They wanted her to stop involving herself, and she couldn't do it. She refused. They also didn't like her. It felt as though they didn't like her because of her mental illness. She um, had a tendency to draw attention to herself. A lot of the times that she was with other men when they were separated, Charles and her, she would. there are reports that she would call the tabloids herself. To get pictures of herself, put on the news to piss Charles off. <laughs> That's kind of funny. And it's I'm hard because it's like it's kind of funny. You don't really blame her. I personally don't, and I mean I'm biased because I love her. But so the royal family legitimately refers to her as the loose cannon. Oh. So Diana starts dating, and eventually she meets a man named Dodi Fayed. Um, Dodi is an Egyptian film producer. He's the son of a billionaire. And what's most important in terms of the tabloids is that he's predominantly Muslim. Um, they met in July of 1997. Yeah. Um, I think Prince Charles and her have been divorced for a year or more at this time. I don't know exactly how and long. even then, she was mentally out of that way before Absolutely. they were divorced. So the tabloids are all over this. Princess Diana dating a Muslim Egyptian man. And... The royal family does not like this because they don't... Because the children that Diana had with Prince Charles is William and Harry. William is the next heir to the throne. And if Princess Diana marries a Muslim man, then the crown is upset because Harry and William will have a Muslim stepfather. Oh, God forbid. Yeah, which granted nobody's... ever outright said that they don't like this the crown's never said no fuck that guy like this is all speculation but you have to like really believe some of that and it's like you don't have to i guess but like these people you know how they think they they stand on certain things yes and it's their lack of statements 
that shows you even more. Like, right. they are a silent majority, like, not a majority. They're, like, a silent group of people in a lot of situations, but that almost makes it worse because they don't speak out. out. They're not standing for what they should. They're not denying stuff either, yeah. you know? So And that's... It's tough. So, Fayed had just gotten engaged to another woman earlier that summer, and then he meets Princess Diana, and that got called off. So, the affair was controversial all over the world for a variety of reasons. Sounds Uh, like it. There are reports, like I said, that they did not support this relationship, they being the crown. Photographers followed them fucking everywhere. And when I say, like, photographers followed them, and they were being stalked, like, I mean fucking everywhere photographers when they would go on vacation would camp out for weeks waiting for them to arrive they would crawl through the jungle they would lay in the sand i can't imagine caring that much to get one picture of diana just one if they could get one good picture but they would be given millions of euros pounds for the pictures they got can you just imagine like I don't know. I just feel like the concept of media and, like, publicity in general already blows my mind. Like, why do we give a shit what Kim K does? Why yep. do we give a shit what Taylor Swift does? But, like, to have it actually be real and have the people literally like, scouring the jungle yes. for a photo of you, like, kiss my ass. like. And imagine, like, nothing in your life is private. Yeah. Nothing is secret. Nothing's sacred. There's nothing... That you have that's just yours. Nothing. Nothing is just... Your pregnancy is not yours. Your future significant others are not yours. What you choose to do and buy at the grocery store is not yours. Because somebody's following your uh, lady-in-waiting when she goes to the store and writing down everything. Oh, Princess Diana likes this brand. Like, there's nothing. It's just you're not your own person. You belong to... The world. The world. And that's fucking difficult in ways I can't ever imagine. So it's August 31st, 1997. Dodie and Diana, they're on their way back to London and they had decided to stop off in Paris. They're leaving the Ritz Hotel and they're doing their best to avoid the cameras as they leave. So they go out the back, they get into their car and the journalists and paparazzi take off after them. So Henry Paul, he's the driver. He's driving ridiculously fast. He's trying to lose them. They're fucking tailing the car. They're on mopeds following them like at top speed to try to get pictures that into the be car. That should illegal. It should Is be. Is it? I don't know. Probably should be. So they get followed into a tunnel and somehow Henry Paul loses control of the car and he crashes. Diana and Dodie were not wearing seatbelts. So Dodie and the driver, Henry, were pronounced dead at the scene. Diana's rushed to the hospital and she dies later. It comes out that Henry Paul had been drunk and on prescriptions at the time he drove them. I didn't know that. And that's how they they died. Like literally that's the end of all of it. Like after everything that she went through, she finally was moving on with her life. She was finally about to be... Sad. Yeah, like her own person. And she had even just done a statement, I want to say it was that year or the year before, where she had said like, you know, I'm not trying to waste anyone's time here, but I'd like to let you all know that I'm going to make, you know, really strong efforts to make my life my life. That means I'm going to be pulling out of some of the work that I've been doing. It means I'm going to get a bit quieter. And it's because I need to spend time with my children. I need them to grow up to be normal 
little people. boys to the best of their ability, and I can't do that with everybody. Have they really made many statements about their mother? Like, I, I don't know really anything. They stayed really quiet for a long time. Um, people that were close to them talked about how they were very, very close to their mother. Very close. And they said that Diana was a wonderful mother that she would take them to fast food restaurants because she wanted to create as normal of an experience for them as possible and she would always say things like that she doesn't care that William is the next heir to the throne that he's going to be treated just like everybody else and that's the way that we're going to do things here and we're going to have normal childhoods and we're going to go to amusement parks and those are the things that she did with them and you know after her death, it seems like a lot of that kind of got taken away because... No one's standing up and advocating for their mm -hmm. normalcy. Exactly. So that kind of is where, because of the abruptness of her death, where everybody starts going to these conspiracy theories, especially with how chaotic her life was and her relationship with Charles, her relationship with Camille, her relationship mm -hmm. with the royal family, and a lot of people get this idea of, yes, it was a car accident, but could that have been staged? And lots of people would have had motive to get rid of her. Even outside of the royal family, a lot of people just didn't fucking like her because, because of, of who she was, who she was, because of her money, because of the way she acted at times, and just because of her humanitarian work, a lot of the attitude was like, who is she to be involving right. ourselves in these things that are she doesn't even understand and that's kind of where like i looked online to find some of like the most popular conspiracy theories um some people believe that diana was pregnant at the time and that the royal family didn't approve of it um diana herself was quoted as saying that she believed that somebody in the establishment would kill her Mm-hmm. Some say paparazzi caused the crash deliberately. That doesn't really make sense no, to me. No, because they wouldn't... They're profiting from her being But there. maybe people want, like, the pictures. Like, the story. Oh, Like, yeah. the ultimate story would be the downfall of Princess Diana. True. Some people say that the driver, Henry Paul, intentionally caused the crash, even though they say he was dead when EMTs arrived. Some people think that that's not true, that he's not dead, and I even read somewhere that the driver, he made like 39 or 40,000 pounds a year or euros a year or whatever. And that when they looked into his bank accounts after the death, he had 250,000. And some people say that that's evidence that he might have been paid off. But why would you get paid off and then kill yourself? Well, some people think he's not dead. Oh, right. They think that that was... He was taken away to some retreat. <laughs> yes, and that he's hiding out. And a lot of people think that the British government or the royal family or maybe even the French government are involved in that conspiracy and that it was just one of... It was how they got rid of her because she was just this, like, kettle on the stove that was just about to boil over that wouldn't stop talking about how bad the royal family was. I feel like as much as, like... I almost want to leave them. And yeah. Like, because it's like, it would make a good story. Yeah. I also don't. Mm -hmm. Because, like, can you imagine being the children, like, having to hear these theories that your yeah. family offed your mom? Mm-hmm. For... It's just hard, though, because in my opinion, it's like, <sighs> crazier things have happened. No, I know. But it's, it's just... It just feels know. like, even if that's the case, it's like, for what? 
Sorry you didn't let her get over it. I don't know, but, like, people have tried to assassinate presidents and stuff all the time. True. It's just crazy. So some people think that this is a classic, but some people say that Princess Diana isn't dead. That she had just given that speech about how she wanted to pull out of the limelight. Oh, and this is her way out. Mm -hmm. That this was her way out, that it was all staged, that... They say that nobody actually can confirm that they saw Princess Diana's body, which I'm sure is fucking false. I'm sure that some doctor fucking saw her, but people on the internet say, where's the people who said they saw her? Where's the pictures of her dead? They had to have done an autopsy. Yeah, they're going to release that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like that one, I mean, even if, if that was the case, she could technically... Have like gotten the, um, the crown on board with it. Been like, look, you guys fucking hate me. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah. Let's, Let's just just get me out of here. Uh huh. And we won't talk about this shit no more. It's true. I mean, as much as I hate it, that one kind of makes sense. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah. So when people are like, well, why would the royal family like when like so? Let's talk about like her getting literally killed by the royal family. People are like, well, why? They say that they needed Diana dead, even though Charles and her divorced, Charles can't remarry unless she's dead. Even? The royal family can't allow it because it's a disgrace to be divorced and remarry. But if your significant other died... But even then they were still divorced. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because the goal would be for them to reconcile them. Like, the only person that they're allowed to be with is the person who they swore in front of God that they would be with. But if they're dead... But if they're dead, he legally, in terms of the Catholic Church, can remarry because she's dead. So, some people say that that's the case. Some people say the Crown didn't like how Diana was raising the children, that they didn't like this. They're gonna be normal boys. And that the Crown would have rathered Prince William been brought up to be king, not to be a normal little boy. And that in order for that to become reality, they needed to get Diana out of the way. Some people frowned upon her humanitarian work, things like that. So that's where all these crazy fucking theories come from. Isn't that wacky? So wacky. You want to know the wackiest part before we end? Eight years after Princess Diana's death, Prince Charles remarried Camilla. Or he remarried to Camilla. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised exactly either. How I saw it going. It just feels like seriously, like after right. all that, you're gonna marry the person who Jesus. made her the most it's, miserable. It's always um, the person that's like, eh, that's, you don't have to worry you about, don't have them. To worry about them. That's what the, the yes. Is. And then it's the one. That's always the one. That's so, always who it is. That's the story, Princess Diana. I gotta love hate it. I know, right? It leaves you feeling unsettled. It makes me feel like it was like a good like. Like, it's just one of those stories you just need to know. Yeah, I feel like it's important Classic in a way. story. It is a classic. Yeah. It makes me... I, like, every time a documentary comes out about her, I have to watch you it. You gotta watch it. So everybody should watch the Netflix one. It's called In Diana in Her Own Words, I think. It's so good. Oh, I like that title. So good. Let's watch it. Not right now. Later. Deal. Deal. Cool. Hell yeah. That story so is crazy. Yeah. So hell Yeah. What'd you say last episode? It was you said. Uh, I don't know, but it stuck with me. I don't really know very well. <laughs> Apparently, you said something about like. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Now I want to know. I can't remember. <laughs> That's the problem. I also want to know. Did it have a hell yeah in it? Yes. Fucking hell yeah, brothers! I don't know. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It was better. <laughs> it was better. I don't know. 
I can't keep uh, track of the dumb shit I say in our episodes. I wish I could. No, I don't. God, no, I don't. We're going to start keeping like a, oh, I'm going to take all of our episodes, clip out all the stupid shit, and put it into an entire episode of just dumb, unnecessary comments that were added. I should go and find all the shit I clip out of the <laughs> beginning, where we sing about Spongebob, we sing... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Last time we did a bunch of whistling and we were going. I'm not even a good whistler. We were going. Oh no. Um, what else have we done? We were doing facial warm-ups, okay. We were doing we were... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a lot had Cute. to get cut out that episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Getting serious. Hmm. You ready, Freddy? Okay, tell as me. Ready as I'll ever be. What's your case? Okay. So my case is the Cleveland kidnappings. Oh, shit. Um, I remember when this was on the news. Yeah. I feel like this one's one that everyone knows. So we're, I just want to talk about it just because everyone knows this one. Sometimes it's good when not everyone knows it because you don't have to, like, go crazy. Like, yeah. especially with the recent ones. But to me, like, like the emotional aspect of this case is fucking it's crazy. It's so bad. It's sad as hell. So... I want a little bit of background on the kidnapper himself. Yeah. Ariel Castro. Fuck this dude for real. Yeah, like right up. Seriously, fuck like him he's up. He's so awful. So he was born in Puerto Rico in 1960, same year as my father, just pointing that out there. <laughs> was your father born in Puerto Rico? Mm, no. Oh. Ogden, Utah. I represent. down. Oh, no. Moving past that. All right. <laughs> um, so eventually his parents divorced and so him and his mother I believe um, and his siblings moved to like the main states yeah and he ended up moving to Pennsylvania eventually settling after that in Cleveland Ohio got it um he met this girl like by this point he's he's grown yeah he's met this girl and I'm gonna say her name wrong and I'm so sorry love you but this is not your name it's Gramilda Figuero. Oh, okay. Hey, you know some Spanish. Let me see. What is it? Oh, I don't. You try. You try. I don't know about that. Say it. I don't even want to. What? Wait, how did you say it? Not right. It What's matter. yours? <laughs> I don't know. I just said okay. it doesn't matter, and that's really mean to no, say. No, it so matters. She's nice, okay. I'm sure she's nice. <laughs> she's a nice lady. She didn't do anything bad in this, so she's nice. Okay. Um, they had so they met. They fell in love. They ended up having four children, and they moved into this home in Cleveland together. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, the home. Got it. That it happens in. The um, home in question. The home. <laughs> so, they, their relationship, like, is said to have gone downhill real bad, especially after they moved into this house. Got it. He became the definition of toxic, abusive. Awful trash. Men ain't shit. Men ain't <laughs> shit. <laughs> that kind of guy. Got it. Like he would beat her, and it says right here, um, he would he has broken her nose, ribs, arms, and he cl- caused a blood clot in her body that went to her brain, resulting in an inoperable tumor. What? Yeah, he was a fucked up dude. Fuck and that's this like guy. not really even talked about a lot. Like I feel like only the kidnappings are talked about, which I mean I mean fair. obviously that makes but sense, like, but not really. Once you know his background, it's like, could this have been prevented? 
had more been done with this. Fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like if this had been addressed, could it as have... seriously as it should have been when it happened? Mm-hmm. Could anything could have been prevented? Maybe not all the other shit happened too. Jesus. And that's why I wanted to bring that part up because it's like that's important. Not a lot of people even like go into that part. I didn't know that at all. I did know that he was abusive, but I didn't know in any. That's such a broad term to say yeah, abusive, like, but that's not yeah. that there's any level of abuse that's better that's or worse, okay, but, but fucking hell. Yeah, he um, he at one point threw her down a flight of stairs and cracked her skull. Like, he was just not good, dude. Like, um, he was arrested for domestic violence, but was not indicted by a grand jury. So. They move along. So his girlfriend takes the kids, gets custody, rightfully so, mm-hmm. moves out. So now he's just living in this house, like being a dude. Jesus. So this And is not where, a great dude. No, but like the unfortunate issue here is that not everyone knew his demons. Mm-hmm. Like Like he didn't get charged, so it's private. He had neighbors, like he had a good relationship with most of his neighbors. Like their whole little neighborhood was like a community that like Wow, good job, Tyler. Their neighborhood was a community. That's what communities are. <laughs> but it was but, like a close community, not like like close, like tight knit. Like they were like usually most of them knew each other, and they like said hi to each other. Our kids were friends with each other, and like like it was a good neighborhood. Which means he's a manipulative ass dude. And like, oh, I want to talk about the specific neighborhood, but like people would like barbecue with him, hang out with him. And, like, he was a normal guy, and no one really even knew, like, the dark things he was capable of or has Wanted done. or, oh, my God. So, it's like, he was just, like, that guy in your neighborhood that just, like, sticks to himself. Like, he was described as, like, he would just come out, work on his car, and, like, go home. Like, you know, he was just chill. Like, Jesus. But he was really nice. He was just a school bus driver. Jesus. He was a school bus driver. <laughs> so, like, he was, like, a nice dude to most people. Like, they were, like, yeah, it's my, my neighbor. Just no bad feeling even yeah you know how like a lot of times you feel like you, like the creepy neighbor guy like yeah no, no one even had that they always thought he was a friendly welcoming pleasant person fuck that um spoiler alert he's not yeah no not at all no he's a sick fuck dude so this community starts having some disappearances mm-hmm. and this first disappearance is that of michelle knight mm-hmm. which i don't know if you know her full story this episode is not going to do it nearly the justice that it needs yeah because her story not that hers is like any more amazing or brave or anything of the other two girls that we're going to talk about but yeah hers is like just like really fucked up yeah she isn't she the one who um came from severe poverty so she disappeared on august 23rd 2002 um when she disappeared she was 21 years old and at this time in her life, she was um, in the middle of a custody battle yes, with her mom. I remember. Her mom was trying to take custody of her kid. And I don't know the backstory. Like, maybe it was deserved. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. But I know that she was supposed to be, like, in court that day. Mm-hmm. And she never showed. So her disappearance was treated as that of, like, an adult just bouncing. Like, like abandoning. Not even like a runaway, because she's 21 years old, so like mm-hmm. she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. It was literally like she just like left her life. Like she didn't want to have to deal with the court. She didn't want to. So they've even gone to like admit that the 
search for her was not what it should have been. No. They just assumed that she just didn't. Which, I don't know, I feel like... On some level, I understand, but it... I do, but I don't, because my brain thinks, okay, she has custody, like, trial that day. You would think she would sure as hell be there Mm -hmm. for her kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, for them to assume that that was her just, like, bouncing, that's, like, shitty. That is really shitty. That's so not fair. It's not. Of them to assume. Everybody deserves people to look for them, and so for somebody to disappear Mm -hmm. and people to just... To assume anything in a disappearance is so upsetting. It's yeah. like, people deserve more than what you think you know about a situation. Right. And it's they tough. They don't know with- her. They don't know how she was feeling. I'm sure she was distraught. Like, whether or not she was a fit parent at the time doesn't mean she, like... Isn't a good person. Leave yeah. Just because it was hard. Like, I, that sucks. she was taken and nobody really even did anything. Wasn't she taken, um... Trying to remember it, like on the way to. Yeah, so she had left her cousin's house and then was just never seen again and was supposed to be going to court. Oh, and she God. just was never seen. So, so they just assumed that she just left. Fuck that. So, not really anything was done over that. And according to Cleveland Deputy Police Chief Ed Tomba, she was the focus of very few tips. Jeez. Like, quoted. Like, that's what he said. Like, that's just how they felt. They didn't really do what they were supposed to do. Yeah. That sucks. That does suck. And that was basically it. Like, that was it and nothing was done. And the next year, um, April 21st, 2003, another girl goes missing. But it's not really tied to yeah. hers because... The circumstances the, are so different. Yeah, and hers wasn't really anything to be tied to. She was a runaway, you mm-hmm. know? Exactly. So the second girl that goes missing is Amanda Berry... And she was a bit younger than Michelle. She was 16, and it was the day before her 17th birthday. Yeah. And um, she had just gotten off of work. She worked at Burger King, which is like, that's so cute. I'm sorry. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. Um, she had called her sister around 8 o'clock, and she had told her, like, hey, don't worry. Like, I'm actually getting a ride home from work. Because from my understanding, she had been, like, calling people asking for a ride home. Yeah. And no one was really answering or, like, able to. But then she called her sister back and was like, hey, don't worry about it. I found a ride. Yeah. Um, it turns out that Ariel Castro had pulled up to her mm-hmm. in his car, offered her a ride. And she took it. And she took it. And didn't she know? No. So he he told her, like, from what I have understood, is that he told her that his kid also worked at Burger King. Oh. And that's why she was That's like, what I'm remembering. Yeah. But the next one. Got yeah, it, got yeah, it. Good. So, um, he had kind of, like, let her guard down by telling her, like, oh, like, my kid, I can't remember, like, I don't know if he, like, named a specific person or, like, oh, like, my son works there, like. Or maybe he said he works nearby or something. Yeah, I don't know, but he was like, oh, like, my kid works at Burger King or something. Like, I can give you a ride if you need one. And she's like, okay, cool, thank you. Jesus. And, um, yeah, it's not good. But apparently an unidentified male used her cell phone to call her mother and say, I have Amanda, she's fine, and she will be coming home in a couple of days. What the fuck? We all know that's not the case. Not at all. Nope, nope, nope. Jesus. Um, which, I, I don't even know, like, A, how sick is it that you were to pick up a young teenager 
with the intent of doing what you're doing. And then B, to like call them mother. Disgusting. That's like another level of not fucking giving a shit, which yeah. is awful. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then the last girl to go missing was Georgina de Jesus, and she would go by Gina. Mm-hmm. Um, she went missing at age 14, so he's like, he's just getting younger and younger. Which is fucking gross. Yeah, and he she went missing April 2nd, 2004. Um, this one is like, it reminds me of the classic, don't get in the car with people even, like, mm-hmm. you can't even trust your family's friends or whatever, you know, like. Exactly. I remember being told that all the time as a kid, yeah. like. My mom would like have a password for us, like don't mm-hmm. get in the car with anyone unless they have the password. Or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which I think is actually a really that is like, really safe fucking thing smart to do. Yeah. So thanks, mom. <laughs> I've never kidnapped. Um. So she was walking home with her friend Arlene. Arlene happens to be Ariel's daughter. Oh God! So they're friends. Mm-hmm. So they're walking home and. They stop at a payphone, and I guess Arlene was going to ask her mother if she could go over to Gina's house. Mm-hmm. And her mom said no, so they went their separate ways. Mm-hmm. Shortly after that, she was picked up by Ariel Castro and was like, Hey, I'm, I'm Arlene's dad. Like, do you want to ride? Like, this is the friend you were just with. Yeah, you're going to think, Oh, sure, yeah, whatever. Thank you. Sure, thanks. Thinking it's just a nice gesture. As a 14-year-old, you're not going to think your friend's dad is about to kidnap you and take you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And Amber Alert actually goes out for her, and they almost immediately tie hers to Amanda's. Got it. So Gina and Amanda, like, they immediately are like, this is a year apart. Mm -hmm. They're both young girls. They both got into a car or whatever with a strange guy. stranger, like... It's very, very similar. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just sad to me that Michelle's just didn't get that recognition. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not anyone's, nest, like, fault. Like, it's not their fault by any means. And you only have so many but, resources to dedicate. And so if you think that something's not a priority based on what they felt like was real evidence, like, it makes sense, but it's not fair. Yeah. It's just not. And what happens when they get to Castro's house is not pleasant. No. Um, supposedly, when he did his, the first one, Michelle, um, he took her upstairs, tied her hands and feet together, and pulled her up using her hands, feet, and neck. And he left her there for three days without food. What the fuck? Dude, like, it's not like he just, like, like, okay, I don't know what I was about to say there. It's not like you just kind of kidnapped them. No, but he, like, kidnapped them and put them in situations that were just not like borderline torture, yeah. legitimately. No, it's not borderline. It is like what he did to them. Yeah, he would come in and he would beat them. He would like sexually assault them whenever he felt like it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he wouldn't like let them shower. Like if they were lucky, like every two weeks, maybe. Gross. There was a like I was watching an interview that Michelle did, I think, with Doctor Phil, and. <laughs> She's, I, I love listening to her interviews. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. I don't she know. is awesome. Um, they were 
going on about how he told her one day that she stinks. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no shit, Sherlock. I haven't showered for eight months. What do you expect? Yeah. Like, literally, that was her talking to Dr. Phil. She's like, no shit, Sherlock. Of course I fucking stink. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just love that she's, like, able to talk about it like that. Like, yeah, like, candid and, like, real. Yeah. Um, You should watch a lot of their interviews. You can find all three of them have gone on to, like... Different, like, networks and Yeah, done. they're all... You can find them all The whole YouTube, case, they're like... Just, they're all so... So, spoiler alert, they, they are fine. Like, yeah. Obviously, I just ruined it, but... Most people uh, know, yeah. but it's such a crazy... Like, that whole case was, like, a whirlwind, like, of mm-hmm. publicity. Like, I think a lot of them wrote books. There's yeah. all sorts of information on the cases. And- because it's just ridiculous. They were finally rescued in 2013, so it was, like, a decade. Well, I remember watching a an decade. interview of Michelle saying that or Gina or somebody where he tied her to a pole in the basement, made her wear a um, a motorcycle helmet so she couldn't even yeah. see outside and it was all tinted and she couldn't even see where she was. Mm-hmm. And she stayed like that for like weeks, I think. And he would just come downstairs and rape her. And she couldn't even see who he was or what it, what was going on or where or how. That'd be like sickening yeah like, and she says like she was so cold they and would he would do so many unspeakable things to these girls yes like from what it sounded like is they he had them all tied together almost yeah with like chains through the different rooms yeah and he would like come in and beat them and but he would also give them like a little bit of like like, he'd go to the store and say, what do you want from the store? Do you want some coloring But books? he would do it to some and not others. He would do it to, like, um, Amanda and Gina maybe a bit more than Michelle. Yeah. He didn't like her as much. And I don't know if it was because she was older. I don't know if it was her attitude. Yeah. But he treated her... Worse. I can't... I don't, I don't want to say worse because it, it's all bad. Yeah. But, like, he would abuse her physically a lot. And this part is, like, really fucked up. Yeah. So... He would, like, obviously rape them all the time mm-hmm. whenever he felt the need to. Yeah. And apparently while Michelle was in there, she got impregnated five times. What? And every single time that she got pregnant, he would force her, physically force her to have an abortion. Would, like, beat her, would give her things, that put stuff in her system, like drugs, I'm sure. Like, make her have an abortion. Like, like make what her miscarry. fuck? Like... Would Ugh. beat the shit out of her until she was not pregnant anymore. And then he ended up getting Amanda pregnant, but he let her keep it. Did he really? He, well, he let. let yeah, made let. her keep it. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's kind of fucked up because when the baby, it was time for the baby to be born, it was, I want to say it was Christmas Day. Yeah. And. They, he obviously wasn't going to take her to the hospital. No. Oh, here's my, like, kidnapped lady. She's in birth. Like, in birth. In labor. Yeah. So, he has Michelle help Amanda give birth to the baby. And he, like, brings, like, a kiddie pool and fills it with water. Jesus. And, like, says, basically tells Michelle, if this baby doesn't survive, it's your fault. And, like, she says it as, as if... There was, like, a metaphorical, like, gun to her head while yeah. she was birthing a baby that she has no experience. She's literally just, like, some lady. Like, she doesn't know how to give birth to a baby, but she has to make sure that this delivery goes through or she's going to be punished. 
The whole fucking situation is disgusting. Like, the mental yeah. anguish that these girls went through. Yeah, and then it's just... constantly pitting them against each other. Deliberately showing favoritism. Like, he would... I remember reading that he would buy Gina McDonald's and make the other girls watch her eat it. Yeah. And just so they didn't like each other, he would punish them with chores, but would make Michelle do more than the rest of them. It's just disgusting. Cause and it's just, like, so unfair. All like, absolutely. Them. And they all suffered. Greatly, like more than any of us will ever understand. Absolutely. And it's just kind of like what gets me, not the only thing, but one of the things that just like really confuses me about this. Yeah. Is when the baby's born, her name is Jocelyn. Uh Uh-huh. She actually ends up being healthy. Is a healthy baby. Thank God. Yeah. And he would show like pictures of a baby to his kids and say like, oh, this is my girlfriend's baby or something like that. Yeah, because the girls were hidden away. Yeah, because no one, obviously nobody knew that they were in the house. Mm-hmm. They, he would have them locked up and like his son would come over and say like certain parts of the house were just like inaccessible because he had them locked up. Yeah. And like neighbors are, are said to have like gone over there while the girls were held captive mm-hmm. and he would just always have the radio up really loud. Yeah. Like so that in case they made, it, made it any noise, it would be drawn out by the music and he always would threaten them. If you make noise when somebody's here, I will kill you. Like, it's just so fucking gross. It's like, disgusting. kidnapping stories are just so traumatic. Like, to experience something like that. Right. And like the fact that he would like let the the daughter Jocelyn out of the house sometimes. Like mm-hmm. he would treat her kind of like more like his kid, like a normal daughter. Like he would take her to church. He would introduce a to people as his granddaughter. So she had, like, kind of a normal... I mean... Normal, but... More. So so. than the other girls. Jesus. And this reminded me a lot of the... What was her name? J.C. Dugard. Dugard. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of this case was Amanda had a school for Jocelyn. Yep. Just like J.C. did for her kids. It's amazing, like, what mothers can do. Even just... Even under those unreasonable circumstances right. to take care of a kid. And she was only 16 when she was captured, so it's not when she has like the highest, highest of educations, you know? No. And she said she would make it like when she became preschool age, she would try to make it as real for her daughter as possible. Mm-hmm. So she would pretend that they would be walking across the street to get to school. Like she would walk Aww. her to school. And she would say like, you have to stop for the red lights and like look both ways. That's so sad. Traffic. Yeah. And then she would get her into her class, and she said she would, like, say, okay, honey, like, I love you, have a good day, and then leave, and then come back and be the teacher. Aww. And isn't that just, like, what a person, like, what a good person, like. My fucking heart. I know. She would, like, kiss her on the head, like, have a good day at school, and then just come back in and pretend that she was the teacher, and, like, teach her, like, kindergarten stuff. That makes me want to cry. No, and... Luckily, they're okay now. I mean, yeah. Okay as you can. I remember hearing a bit, a, a bit about how they got out. Yeah. So I don't remember it all the way. 2013, May 6th, um, Ariel had left the home, and he made a mistake. He left the door unlocked. The, I'm like the bedroom door. Oh. And at first, Amanda thought it was just like, like a trick. Like, yeah, because he would do that. Mm. He would leave stuff, um, like leave the doors unlocked, wait for them to like try to sneak out, but be waiting for them and then beat the shit out of them so that they knew, 
even if they think they can get out, they really can't. Because he's there. Jesus he Christ. He will be there. He will, like, so they, like, were conditioned to think, Petrified. Like, there is no way that you can get out. Like, God, you damn. try to get out, and he's going to be there. This is just a trap. He's just going to be there. Why even bother? So he, like, he knew what he was doing. And at this this particular time, she was like, well, I mean, he left the door unlocked, but I'm not about to try that. But Jocelyn, the, the daughter, I think she was only like, I'm gonna make up an age. Well, we can we could do some math if we want. <laughs> this was 2013. She was, I think she was like six. Like okay. four to six. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Good guess, I like um, She had said, I heard, I heard him say to, like he would, she would call his mom grandma. So she's like, I heard him say to grandma that he's going over to grandma's house or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like she said, I heard him say he's leaving. Yeah. He's gone. He's not here. Mm-hmm. And so then she's like, oh shit, this was an actual mistake. Like he didn't mean to yeah. leave it open. So she goes downstairs. She tries to open the front door and like the big door, like, cause there's like the front door and then there's like this green door. Yeah. The big door, she can open it. So now it's just like the screen door, but she can't get it open because he has a lock on it that you have to have a key to undo. Jesus. So you can only open it, like, enough for her arm to stick out. Mm-hmm. So she just, like, does the only thing she can think to do. She starts trying to pry it open. She starts banging on it, screaming for help. Yeah. And a, a neighbor actually ends up, like, hearing her coming over. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? Just, like, open the door. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't. He locked it. And he, like, realizes this is kind of like a escalated situation here yeah and they end up kicking in the bottom of the door Mm -hmm. to let her out and they let amanda and jocelyn out then she goes across the street to his house calls police and you can listen to the 911 call she's like it's me i'm amanda barry i've been missing for 10 years i'm free i'm free like i'm jesus i'm I'm okay i'm here it's me because he would let the girls watch the news yeah he would let them see all these stories people looking for them which, and like, he would, I remember them saying that he would mock Michelle that nobody's looking for her. Yeah, I know. And it's so Just the sad. fucking psychological trauma that these girls went through. Mm-hmm. Like, every single one of them is just so nauseating. Like It really is. And, like, the disgusting parts of it to me is that, like, he was involved in the search for, like, Gina. Uh-huh. And for Amanda. Yep. Like, he was their family. Classic. He would it's- go to the, like... Freaking, um, what are they called? Like services, like in the like memorials, the visuals and the and, visuals and the, he would go there. He would show his grief for the family and say, "I wish I could help figure this out." At one point, he brought home. I can't remember if it was Amanda or Gina. But he brought home one of their missing flyers. The mom herself was handing out and gave to him and said, "Look at this! Like your mom gave me this." He is literally the definition of fucking evil. Like mm-hmm. evil. Fucking rotten, disgusting, nasty person. Garbage. Not even Trash. a person. No. Inhuman. Right. I don't understand like how you can be drawn to do something like that. It's just so out of touch of like my reality. Right. It's just so incomprehensible that like I don't understand how other people can go through with something like that. I don't get it. I don't I can't. And eventually so after they call the police, they show up, um, well, on the phone, she's like, and I'm not, there's more, there's other girls in the house, too. Yeah. Like, you need to go get them. They 
break all of them free and it's just like so like touching to see you can see the recording like the videos mm-hmm. of them coming home of like Gina's family in particular was extremely like they believed that she would come home one day they did not believe she was dead yeah they, they had more strength than I can imagine myself ever even yeah trying to have like, like never giving they up they never ever gave up and like they knew that she would come home but she did and that's just like it's like heartwarming, Ugh. but it's also so goddamn sad. It's both, and it just like it's so awful that that even had to happen. But the fact that it had a good ending makes it like marginally better. It makes me think like how many other girls are locked in basements somewhere that we just yeah. don't even fucking know. Like it's disturbing. What's the next fucking J.C. Dugard? The next what's the other one? Uh, Elizabeth Smart. Oh, that one's bad. Too. Like. It's just so upsetting. I'm going to do a case, yeah. I think, next week um, that is fucking graphic. Like, Oof. probably just as graphic as last episode, I would say. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Good. And it's, Good. I could, like, make it on a scale. Like, I could scale it back a little bit, but I can't decide if I want to. That's how I felt last time. But then I was like, I want I want people to know what happened to her. I yeah, like, you want people everything. to know the truth. Like, yeah. People deserve to know the truth as difficult as it can be. And we don't ever, like, even in doing this podcast, I know we joke a lot and, like, we try to make it as lighthearted as you can with a topic like this, but we don't ever claim to be, like, a not upsetting podcast. The entire topic of this podcast, it wouldn't happen if people didn't die or have awful things happen to Mm -hmm. them. So, but in that case that I'm going to do next week, it involves kidnapping and stuff like that, too. And it's just so it's like fucking fear. baffling to me that there are people like that sick and twisted in the world that can do something like that. And it makes me feel like how do other people not notice mm-hmm. somebody, a sister, a brother, a mom, a dad, somebody. a best friend, like how do you not? And, like it's just disgusting because like even with this case in particular, like Castro said he was talking to one of his children like his son i think said that they had this conversation shortly before the shit went down where they were found Mm -hmm. they were in his home and they were like talking about the amanda berry case and how he's like no i bet she i bet she's dead and he's like oh you think you don't think she'll ever be found oh my god yeah i wonder if he intended on killing them eventually like he had it said that like he had no plan out he knew he was going to be caught one day, and he had no plan to get out of it. Like, he just didn't know what he was going to do, but... He just didn't have it to that yeah. point. No. He just was going to keep doing it for as long as he could. Until... And eventually he was, like, obviously caught and tried. He pled guilty on the 26th of July. Doesn't say what year. 2003, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the year. Good job, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> um... To 937 of the 977 charges. Like, just fucking claim them all, dude. Yeah, seriously. Charges against him, including charges of kidnapping, rape, and aggravated murder. Weird. Maybe it's all the babies he killed. Oh, it is the babies. I think it is the babies. Yeah. I also read somewhere, I'm sure you read this in your research, that one of them, I think it was Amanda, kept a diary. Oh, yeah, it was right. And put all the little tick marks every time he raped her, and that's yeah. how they got all 900 charges. She would do, like, she would do, like, by every day, mm-hmm. she would put, like, three times, four times. She would never specify exactly what, because I think it was kind of like a 
yeah. way to distance herself from it. Mm-hmm. But she wanted everyone to know when it was, this journal was read, whether it be after she died, whether it be after she was rescued. She, mm-hmm. they wanted, she wanted people to understand what she went through. Yep. And that's how they got so many of those charges, like, pinned down. Yeah. And they charged him with every single tick mark that she put. Yep. Um, it says right here, as part of his plea bargain, which called for consecutive sentences of life in prison, plus 1,000 years, all without parole. Fuck this dude. He forfeited his right to appeal, and he hung himself. Of course he did. Into his sentence. Of course he did. So it's like, did he what really? What a big fat fucking pussy. Look at, look at what I put as my title. Pussy ass bitch. So <laughs> true. Like, I don't know. I, I say that I don't mean to be vulgar, but I do because I don't care. Right. But fuck him. Seriously. He's the biggest pussy that's ever walked this earth. Like, yep. you well, have you the audacity. You your time. But you enslaved, like you... Literally enslaved people. These people, in worse cases, like, in worse of a situation than you are in prison, in prison you're being fed. You're not being beaten the shit out of, like, every single day. Like, every second. Every, like... It makes me What you did to those girls is not even comparable to the one month that you couldn't handle in prison. Why aren't they being watched? How are prisoners fucking hanging themselves? Like, what's the point of them being in prison? What's the fucking point of our judicial system is... Um, if a month after they go to prison, they just fucking kill themselves. Like, that's so upsetting to me. Like, there are certain perpetrators that deserve to rot in fucking prison the way that the system says that they should. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of having a system is that you hope shit like this doesn't happen to you or your family. But if it does, you hope to God that the person who did it will be punished and they go to prison. Yeah, she's like off of... The, this earth and it can no longer do anything. Yeah, like but that, I awesome. wanted him to sit in prison. Oh. And I want him rot. to be beaten in prison. I want him to be like molested or something every day, every single day, yeah. multiple times a day. And I know that that's fucked up, but he deserves the same things. And like, I don't feel this way about many. Like, it. I don't always feel that way about just a blanket murder or something like that especially when mental illness and stuff is involved this dude's like a deliberate fuckhead like ugh (sighs) do you feel better? (laughs) well I'm glad I got to rant about that because I've watched so much shit on that case like it was all back when it all happened like the years following you know like the Good Morning America interviews and stuff but that one... I can't imagine being that strong of a person. I would have, like... I would fucking I just deplete into nothing. like, three days in, I don't think that, like... I don't know if this is physically possible, <laughs> but I feel like I would have given up so quickly that my body would just wither away. I think and I would... That, like, I would die of the will to not want to be here anymore. I like, don't... I would just... Boop, it's like the people who are like, I'm going to get out of here. Like, I would no. be like, I'm just going to rot into the floorboards. Can I do it quicker, please? Can nobody. I just start the process? Like, I'm over it. Like, I feel I'm like I would it. piss them off and just hope they kill me. Like, yeah. Which we're just obviously I mean, making this up. We're never going to know we until no we're in that situation. Fucking idea. It doesn't happen. Yeah. But I don't think I could ever be as strong as any of these women that have survived. Fucking go women i mean yeah i mean men too but most of these but in these situations 
It's go women for being go women. Yeah. And to have damn babies. Oh my, oh god. my god. Do you think that like this maybe I shouldn't talk about this. Okay. Um I was gonna say, do you want me to say it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, <laughs> do you think you would love them less knowing who their dad is and how they came? I don't think so. No, I right? feel like I think that I would, but, but I also have... just feel that way right now. If I actually had it, a baby in front of me. It's your... That's mine. I think I yeah. wouldn't actually feel that way. But right now, I'd be like, hell yeah, I wouldn't want it. Would it would be hard to like... Oh, this sounds so fucked up. It'd be hard to look at them every day. It would be. I know, but... It would be fine. This is like real... We shouldn't even talk about this, but... We should probably cut this whole section out. Fine if they didn't look like them, but what imagine if... if they... Oh! That'd be fucky. That'd be scary. And, you know, like, somebody What if they have issues? What if they have... Has that blood in them? Like, and, and I know that's not... Okay, I'm done. That's too much. That's too much. Has <laughs> that blood like, in No, but it's like they have the blood of the, like... The... This person who did all this shit to you. The same, mm-hmm. like, DNA as that person. Yeah. That's and true. And you're tied to them forever. And it's like... I don't know how people do that. But they that. still, they seem to be great parents. And it's like... I feel like I'm not big enough as a person. I don't know how they do it. Fucking go them, though. For real. I don't know how they take care of themselves, let alone I the child even, of their abuser. I can't too. even take care of myself right now. And I'm oh in a... Oh my god, it's just so impressive. And I just can't <laughs> do it. I can't understand it. It's like a sad-ass fucking story, but it's also happy at the end, which I like. Mm-hmm. Although I bet you they're dealing with years and years of therapy. Oh, oh yeah, like never-ending therapy. therapy. Twice a day. God, I would just, can I just, I would marry a therapist. <laughs> oh my god, that would be weird, though. That'd be yeah, too that much. would be weird. Oh, be like, okay, that's too much. <laughs> no, I mean, like, everything you do would be, like, looked into in a deeper way. <laughs> maybe we. Maybe I'd finally be healthy. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fucking crazy. I don't know what you do after something like that. How do you just go back to living? Every single normal thing, like making decisions for yourself would be so hard. That's actually something that JC Ducard said was so hard for her, was like being able to have decisions like, will I go to this store or this store? Like, wait, what? I can fucking pick. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it alters you as a person. Like, Gina, she forgot how to speak Spanish. Like, because... Aww. I know, that's so sad. That's so sad. Because it's her second language or whatever, and... Because she was in there for 10 years, you're not practicing it, you know? That's so exciting. Well, like, it would, it just alters you completely, and I don't know if, like, I don't know. I just don't know. I, I love feel. when we get to talk about this stuff, as weird as that sounds. Like, it's, like, weirdly upsetting, but it's also just so fucking crazy, like, right. to be able to learn about these people. I don't know, and I don't ever want anything that we say to come off as insensitive. These are just my genuine, like, genuine curiosities yeah, that like, I have. Like, these are real, like, this is really the way that, like, I think, like, I want to know about this stuff. I don't know about things. I don't ever claim to know no. how people should or shouldn't feel. All I know is that I would be severely fucking fucked up after that. Right. Damn. Well, Jesus. Thanks for another good one, guys. Well, hell yeah. Thank you guys for joining us for our podcast. This was episode 15. Hell yeah. This will be releasing, what fucking day is it today? This will be releasing just after Thanksgiving, I want to say. Right? Something like that. Because the last one came out right by Thanksgiving. Math is really hard. It's real hard. So this will be, I think, first week of December that this comes out. And we'll see. then we'll only have two weeks until Surprise. fucking Christmas. Oh my god, we're going to do, are we going to do like a Christmas room? Hell like yeah. Christmas themed. Jingle bell 
fucking murder. <laughs> I don't know about Jingle Bell Bop. <laughs> uh, too man. far. Too far. Okay. Before it gets worse, thank you guys so Bye. much. Follow us on Facebook. Um, follow us on Twitter. Do that cool stuff. Yeah. Bye.